In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates fearless romance creators. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Jenny Nordback. If you sign up for the Temple of Defiant Joy before March 6th at the Joybringer tier or higher, you get Naima Simone's With Love from Rosebend and The Dragon's Bride by Katie Robert before they're released to the public. (laughs) Yeah, and we just recorded some bonus episodes with Jen Comfort and Naima that were so fun. Like, first of all, Jen Comfort is our kind of weirdo. Yeah. Did not see that coming and uh, was delighted. What a treat. Yeah. Yeah. And then Naima, I think we spent at least 15 minutes just, like, sharing parenting stories because we started recording in the middle of a friendship (laughs) catch-up. Yeah, and we we did make Naima laugh so hard she had to take her inhaler, which really is not something I should brag about. I am concerned for Naima's safety, but also we no, laughed sorry, really I'm hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fun. But yeah, in the temple, if you're at the celebrant level, in a few weeks you're going to get some not safe for work art about stalked by the Kraken by Lillian Lark. Tentacle stuffing. <laughs> And today, RM Virtue stopped by bearing gifts in the form of himbo Indiana Jones, hot adventure librarian, and sexy juicy corpse. <laughs> That's right, it's Romance Landia's favorite, The Mummy. We are excited. Hello, Hello RM. Hello. I'm here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for asking me. I'm really excited. We're like kind of obsessed Yay. with you at this point. So yeah, yeah. It's a mutual I've, obsession, so that's okay. That makes I've it got a little a big, less big weird. author crush on you. I'm not ashamed. 
I wear it loud and proud. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. So if you guys missed it, we did recap an RM Virtues book last year, which was Sing Me to Sleep. Yeah. It was the sleep paralysis demon book that we went bananas over. Yeah. So check that out if you missed it. But that definitely got us wondering what what counts as bonkers for you? Like if you're yes. going there when you're writing it. I honestly didn't think about it at the time. Like obviously the book was definitely new for me just because it was my first monster romance. And I kind of put everything into it. I really acted like this was going to be my only monster romance ever because I was like, just pack it in. Just give them everything. (laughs) And I think after, because I really didn't think about like bonkers romance until I I heard y'all's podcast. So I was like, hmm, like what is... Like, what does that mean to me? And I think it's really just because even thinking about, you know, what we're talking about tonight, it's just the movie or book where you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is, that, what is going on? Like, what is happening? But you're you're enjoying it. So it, like, seems so outlandish and so wild that, like, it's it's one of those things where you can't explain it to other people who aren't in mm. that sphere. Like, I can't explain Sing me to sleep to my grandparents or <laughs> like that would be my thing where it's like, no, this is too wild. I'm not bring this up at dinner. Probably should not do that. So, yeah, it's not one of those books where you can say I'm writing historical fiction. No worries. <laughs> right. It's like you're asking about my research and I can't tell you that I was looking at like, I don't know, 72 different kinds of antlers or uh, <laughs> That. So it's like, or, you know, the, the mechanics of a vibrating tail. Like, yes. yeah, I can't explain that. So it's like, I think that's what it would But I would, would like be. to see you try. Right. I would. Yeah, like, it's like, you want to like have this conversation. Because definitely, while I was going through that research, research, I was definitely like, does this, like, what is, like, what does this look like? And where do I go? Who do I go yeah. to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is this is wild. Like, you could do this. Like, I realized, you know, you could do this. But after the fact, like, I didn't expect the reactions that I got. It was good. Like, it was definitely like I didn't think of this. Like, I've never envisioned this. Like, this is. And I'm like, yeah, me either. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> the dream that I was writing in. But I guess it, it worked out in the end. So that's all right. <laughs> was there an element of like, is this allowed? Definitely to some extent, because obviously it was for a monster anthology in the Mm -hmm. beginning. So it was very much thinking about like what would be appropriate for Amazon. But then it was also like I hadn't read a lot of monster books that were such a niche monster, I guess. Like Paralysis Demon is very much, I'm very much attached and not just because like it's not because my personal experience wasn't terrifying it absolutely was but it was that thing of like how can you make this a positive thing Hmm. how can you spin that into something positive but it was also like i don't know if if i'm going to be able to pull this off like what is (laughs) like it's a demon like you know um but obviously i had to be very careful about the consent like what that looked like Mm, sure Um, even with consensual not consent being which kind of worked out too, but it was sure, definitely yeah. going to look, look at it and be like, what does that look like 
in a way that translates into the real world, right? Mm. And is still wild, but not overly wild to where, you know, everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't yeah, do not to the point of, like, damaging. Right. But you've built so, in that, like, pull the shoot. Like, you can, right. there's the escape pod about. if you need it. Right. And, and it, yeah, and it worked out. It was very much like, well, what would be the easiest thing for her? And it was always like, you know, in traditional folklore or whatever, if you know a demon's name, you can control him. It's like, all right, well, that's easy. Like, I don't have, I really have to go into it much deeper than that. Mm. If you have to go into it much deeper than that, then the consent gets more difficult to, to get to. So right. it was very much like a spin on, you know, say my name, which usually is a good thing and you want to hear yeah. it. And now it's like kind of low-key a bad thing. Like you're going <laughs> to you say it. So be careful with that. So I yeah. think it, it, it worked, but it was definitely a lot of rewrites, a lot of considering how those certain mechanics are going to work. And even mm-hmm. like integrating it into a series that I'd already been working on, there was a lot of additional lore I still had to come up with for a sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. yeah. I love the idea that it was sort of like narrative reframing of your own experience. Mm. Like that was one of my favorite and like most powerful things that I, I studied as a communications major. And it's so cool that you use that tool in this way. It it was very cathartic, mainly because I didn't realize how much it had affected me until I started writing Mm. this. I was like, Holy fuck, that was terrifying. Like, I was like, <laughs> you know, like that was that was pretty wild. Yeah. Most people don't go through it consistently. Mm-hmm. It only happened to me maybe two or three times, and I was it was very spread out. So one, you can't really prepare for it. And yeah, it's yeah, usually yeah. so fast, even if it feels like forever, like it's usually so quick that it's really hard to process it or mm-hmm. what happened, like if it was just like a nightmare or whatever it was. I think the last time I was probably like 22, 23 Mm -hmm. and my grandpa just passed away. So I think that was like, for me, that was more of a trigger than anything. Hmm. That makes sense. But I'm laying in bed next to someone and I can't move. And that was the first time somebody else had been in the bed with me. And in my head, I kind of felt like they could hear me. Right. Obviously. But that wasn't what was happening. Like Hmm. that's right. It wasn't the experience for them. So the next morning, it was like, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. I, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I was freaking out next to you. What do you mean? So, so that was kind of something that I was, you know, thinking about too. Is like, what to be next to someone, like someone you think you can help, and they literally can't help you. Like, there's no. Yeah. So I think that I was able to kind of play on that in a negative way first when she's next to her sister, and then in a positive mm. way when she's next to Shane. Yeah. And they worked that out. So it was like, this is cool. Like, you just kind of work through whatever trauma you have one little bit of book at a time. So (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like we have to get into the mummy. Yeah. Let's do the thing. Because we get to talk about the mummy today. (laughs) But first, we have updates for you. Oh, hey, it's temple update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. 
Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and Celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. All right, we're back. Okay. So I actually got to recap The Mummy for my other show, Heaving Bosoms, I feel like a couple of years ago, maybe last year. I don't remember. Anyway, so I'm super stoked because, Jenny, you have a secret to tell everyone. You have a shame that you have to put on the table I'm going to free myself of this burden. (laughs) I had not actually seen The Mummy prior to (laughs) recapping it for this. And, okay, I have a a slight correction on this because in Uh watching it, uh I had a little flashback, had a little recollection that happened. Oh. The point where, like, the beetles go inside the dude and they, like, blow and, like, eat his insides. They're crawling under his skin and all the things. And he's, like, screaming bloody murder. So I had a a flashback recollection, too. I must have been watching this movie while, like, hooking up with somebody in, like, junior high or high school. Because I remember that happening on screen and, like, it was screaming, so it, like, interrupted what we were doing for me to be like, what the (laughs) fuck is happening in this movie? And I remember looking at being like, what? There's, like, beetles inside of him? And then, like, going back to what we were doing. So Mm. I think I I have watched it in the way that you, like, watched movies back then. But, Uh yeah, so that that was my realization of, like, huh, there's something in the back of my mind from this movie. (laughs) But holy fuck balls, it's so fun. It's so fun. What a romp, right? Like, romp is the only word for it. And bonkers in the very best way. Like, they just leaned in unapologetically to the bonkers and were like, fuck it, let's have fun with this thing. And I am here for it. I was so scared because there's so much hype and people love this movie so much that I was like, oh, I can't hate it. I can't hate it. And I did not hate it. It was amazing. It lived up to it. (laughs) And what I told Katie this morning, because I talked to her briefly this morning, I was like, this isn't just like, because obviously the mummy's been lauded for a long time as a bi awakening movie. Mm. And I was like, no, it's, it's more of a try awakening because you've got the men the women and the monster fucking awakening if you do it right so like if you if you do it right then you're gonna also have that and even if you have to work through it later on in your life like some of us yeah yeah but uh you know you (laughs) kind of think like oh well that that makes sense like we connected a lot of dots just now like yeah Actually, you are super right, and I don't know why this didn't crystallize for me, but I think the mummy was only hot in, like, my lizard brain until I watched it as an adult for the recap with Katie, and then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this explains so many things that I didn't know about. <laughs> and it, we, for me, because I was like, I remember being like, yeah, he's only hot in mummy form. And everybody was like, what the mm. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. That, no, I'm not bald white man. Absolutely not. Uh, mummy, absolutely. <laughs> like when he had, you know, half his face gone, I was still like, yep, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely the monster. Like, that was definitely the thing. And although, you know, the, even his girlfriend, Mummy, like, she was, you know, kind of hot. Yeah. When she yeah, had, an oxynamon. She's, yeah, she's like, doing things. Yeah. Like, y'all had it. You had it. The, the <laughs> formula was there. You had it. So it was perfect. Great time. It's true. All right. So speaking of Emotep and Anoxidamoon, we are in many BC's Thebes, I think, or something, and they're in an illicit romance. Jenny, what did you think about this? I mean, I... First of all, I was like, what the fuck is happening? I thought Brendan Fraser was in this movie. I did not know it was set in ancient <laughs> Egypt. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this a different movie from what I think it is? There's like a whole plot mm-hmm. happening here. And then I and then I was convinced that somebody w- was going to be like reincarnated into Brendan Fraser because he does that like silly thing so Whoa. well. Mm-hmm. Boy, was I wrong. But... <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I mean, justice for Seti the first. I have to turn my archaeology brain off, and I'm going to really do mm-hmm. my best, but I might have to rant in a couple of places at, like, <laughs> just how silly it gets. But uh-huh. for some reason, like, Hollywood loves to make that pharaoh specifically this, like, villainous character. And I don't know why, because in actual history, he's not bad. Like, he, by all accounts, is, like, a pretty decent pharaoh. He just didn't rule for very long and then gets eclipsed by his son, Ramses II. But, yeah, so Mm -hmm. I was very thrown initially in that opening sequence where I was like, (laughs) wait, Seti's not bad. What's going on? And also, this is set in ancient (laughs) Egypt, question mark. But what happens is he, pharaoh has a mistress. Nobody's supposed to touch her. His like she's painted so that he knows if someone fucking everybody's painted. Yeah. Is that where Sarah J. Moss got the uh smudged body paint thing? I think that had so. to have like imprinted, For... right? Yeah, I really I feel like it had to have. Yeah. Right. There's smudged body paint. The Pharaoh knows that his mistress has been touched by another. It turns out to be <gasps> Imhotep and his head priest. Yeah. <gasps> so they they do murder Pharaoh. They murder Pharaoh? Did I forget about that? Yeah, they well, he pulls his knife, like he turns around. Oh my god, you're so right. Sword, yeah. And then stabs him with it. And then she yeah. stabs him next. Yeah. Yes. So it's very much a group stabbing. So then oh, yeah. and then the guards come. Yeah, and so yeah. she's like, hot. hey, you have to go because you're the only one who can resurrect me. And then she does gut herself. She takes a knife to the belly which is really difficult to do (laughs) it's really tough but i do need everyone to know that she does the war cry my body is no longer his temple those (laughs) are some last words atop that (laughs) really spot on (laughs) i was like girl it wasn't he's dead like you didn't have to do that but okay no But then we discover the things that they were going to do to the people they captured are far worse than stabbing yourself in the stomach. So For real. <laughs> yeah. So they do, they capture. Well, so Emotep takes her body 
to the place so that he can do the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Hominoptera, question mark. And as he's like in the middle of the ceremony, they barge in, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, you get the mighty death with the scarabs and you're going to be alive for a long time. And it's going to be a big torture. And so she doesn't get resurrected. And that does happen to him. What his like tongue gets cut out and then he gets buried with scarabs, right? Yeah. They eat him very, very slowly. They I... don't look like they're eating him slowly in that no, scene. No, not they at like... all. Like they are no. moving. The whole thing. They're just moving. And I'm like, there's no, like, when did y'all slow down really? Yeah. When? Yeah, I... At yes. what point did you slow down? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. The scarabs are a little bit unreliable. You know, like there's <laughs> as far as as far as like the way that they behave, the scarab biology, the movie does not commit to anything. They're absolutely traumatizing, though, like just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In every way possible. Absolutely. OK. And so now he can never be found because if he does, he will become a monster that murders the world. And so this is where. The Magi come in and they are going to make sure nobody can ever find his juicy corpse. Yeah. Which, yeah, why he had the power to come back and murder humanity, like where that curse came from was a mystery uh, to me. Yeah. But I was That's like, why. doesn't matter. Mm. There's a curse. It's so fine. It kind of backfired. Definitely mm. backfired. In a yeah. Lot like you left a really big <laughs> liability there. You could have just offed him. You did not have to do the very bad yeah, job. like, who are you blaming? Like, why are you blaming the modern world for what y'all did? What? That's true. It's very, very true. But okay, I guess. All right. And now we're in 1923. It's Legionnaire time. And Brendan Fraser is having to, like, take over leading all the soldiers because his captain gets scared and fucks off and so boy they're fighting and i believe they're fighting in hominoptera mm -hmm. and uh, oh it's a brave and he's doing a lot of hot shooting okay yeah i have and to pause he's doing like rolls because i mm -hmm. tell me everything. i was not attracted to brendan fraser before this and i know oh. that people are so i had mm -hmm. like and I was worried why. that I was going to, like, yuck on people's yum by saying that I'm not attracted <laughs> to him. So I had, like, <laughs> carefully thought through in my mind how I was going to explain that, like, not he's not really my thing. He's, he seems like a very sweet man, but I'm not really interested. And then he fucking does this opening sequence. And I was like, time oh. the fuck out. Brendan Fraser is hot. <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. I would never be attracted to half of these people right but you put them in this in this setting and even like even in this setting because obviously i'm sitting there like this is the whitest egyptian movie right oh my god it's just like yeah like uh, any uh, any other movie like this has been any other cast i'd be pissed the whole time i couldn't enjoy oh it. yeah but oh yeah brendan fraser like the hair the oh, everything the, the way he pulls his just... gun out i don't it's the way he pulls his gun out for me. I don't know what it is, but every time he pulls that pistol out of the side of his, his belt, I'm like, sir, what the fuck? What is happening here? Yeah. I also think there's something to, there's something, it's like a kink that is a guy you know is nice being mean. 
Oh, I like that. And he, I don't know what. Like I don't know why it adds another layer. Buckling thing oh. where he's got like just enough swagger, but then like oh, yeah. later is kind of nervous and thrown by her. So it's like uh-huh. not the toxic masculinity quite right. line. And like holy yes. fuck, he's hot in this it's movie. Like, <laughs> he definitely toes the line between like himbo and alpha male mm. like in the Ooh. traditional sense like he's very much because he does a lot of alpha male shit mm-hmm. but definitely, he also yeah. has a lot of himbo moments mm-hmm. so i feel like that's why it works so well you don't really see that fine line toed that well because usually you have to you fall to one side or the other like whether you want to or not you right fall to one side or the other so this is also when we meet benny mm-hmm. Is he Russian? Question mark. He's everything. I'd love to know. He is everything. I'd That's say. why he has all like just Netflix. checking, like stereotyping, yeah, racist, uh-huh. whatever check oh, boxes yeah. of like he's oh, the baddie, yes. so he can't possibly be American or British. <laughs> yep. Yes. That's, That's wow. Exactly Good read on that one. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yep. um, it was very much, especially you know his little his little hat and. Uh, oh yeah you know, like it's definitely a racist stereotype when you're like eh, yeah like yeah i eh. just kind of was like okay didn't age well moving on <laughs> yep so he's doing a double cross and then rick is has to fight a whole army by himself i feel like but then something gets triggered and then a big giant what is it like a sandstorm is there a face in the mm-hmm. sandstorm i feel yep, like there yep. is yeah, and then it scares off everybody, and the Magi are stoically sitting up on the Holy hillside. Holy fuck, that like, guy's hot. Oh, <sighs> yes. Yeah, part of that awakening, 100%. Oh, yes. Also, the the head skirts that those horses are wearing were did weird things to me. It just felt so fancy, like for him. I have no recollection I of that. Loved I it. don't even remember <laughs> them being horses. <laughs> He better and be in the rest guy. of the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So now we have to meet our other our other perfect character. It's three years later, and now we're somewhere else in Egypt, and we get to meet Evie. Hello, Evie. And it is the best, like one of the greatest character introductions ever. That scene is cinema. I have been in love with her ever since. Yes. Because at the beginning of the movie, obviously, I gave my mom hope and thinking maybe I liked men. And then (laughs) he came on screen and I was like, nope, still there. Still there. (laughs) I am done for. So definitely one of the best introductions I've ever seen. Most definitely. Tell everybody what happens. I mean... So she's basically, she's a librarian, obviously, our favorite librarian. And she's doing the cutest thing. Like she's in the library cataloging, putting putting books away. And she's like, but Moses, what are you doing here? You know, like talking to her books. It's adorable, (laughs) right? And she turns around to put it in the shelf behind her. And the ladder falls away from the shelf. Oh, boy. (laughs) And she does what any self-respecting human being on top of a ladder would do if she got away from 
her <laughs> her perch, which would be yes. to try and stilt walk. <laughs> That's right. A further away, <laughs> and instead, how and and you know I'm not going to get into the physics of how a hundred twenty five pound woman could could push over shelves that are usually bolted to the floor. But anyway. <laughs> The ladder and her go tumbling into the shelf, which knocks over the next shelf and the next shelf it and the next shelf. Giant. You know, and it's a library dominoes. This <laughs> library dominoes. And it it's the most heartbreaking sound. But it's also it just like, wow. Like she did that. Like wow. She is capable of this kind of chaos. <laughs> and I am and in she's love still with her. So cute yes. while doing it. Adorable. Nobody has the right to be that oh, cute while uh, dis- uh, like uh, just wreaking destruction. And as an adult, oh. excuse you? Like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> it falls over, and, and then the and I don't remember his. I never remember his name. But the curator, nobody knows. Main head librarian curator guy walks in, and he's obviously just angry. Just, just wrathful right like he and you know this is like the 15th set of yes. hijinks like this isn't even the worst thing she's done it's, no. it's, he's like how like he's literally uh-huh. just like how and i'm like he's like why do i put up with you <laughs> and she was like and she gave him some great reasons but he she does is, he's a jerk so at that moment he's a jerk because she, you know, obviously his library just got destroyed. So I guess give him some some slack. But it was still like, but she's looking and like putting her fingers to her lips and looking around, looking for somebody else to blame. And I'm just like, hey, you blame me. Like, what? Don't hurt her. Look at how fragile she is. Don't do this. It's true. Um, I will say this was like, this was sort of like a, a young Melody empowering moment. Because it was one of the first times I remember looking at a piece of media and having one one like man ask a woman, why do you exist? And having her be like, because I read hieroglyphics and I'm awesome at my job and I know all the things. And I was just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he know to your word. the credit to her parents, but it's like, mm. You still haven't fired her yet, have you? Like, they're That's right. gone. Her parents are gone. Your excuses are no longer existing. So yep. I suggest you start treating her with some respect. But, you know, alas. <sighs> it's true. So then she finds her brother in the crypt room. He's being very disrespectful to some artifacts. <laughs> Yet another yes. great character introduction. <laughs> Absolutely. Indeed. Like, you know, it's it was that moment where you might have thought there was... I mean, there was some horror elements, obviously, but you're mm-hmm. like, right. here's a noise, and you're like, ooh, what's going on in there? And all of a sudden, the fucking corpse pops out of the coffin, and she's like, you know, freaked out. And, like, the one thing I love about Evie so much is that she's never, she screams. Like, these are, oh, yeah. her screams are, they're like roars of terror. <laughs> like, there nobody is like that's why I was always like this is like the perfect uh, reflection of my mind because it's like hot people and monsters and not that many Ooh. white people but definitely Rachel White <laughs> at the very least and then like hot Indians <laughs> and everybody is screaming all of the time like there's no <laughs> nobody not screaming at least <laughs> once or twice so that that was very much important to me 
But yeah, oh, Jonathan pops out and he's very much exactly what you would expect from oh, yeah. having an older Oh, man. yeah. He's never up to any good and he's always got a scheme. And so he like won, I think, a key and a map at a card game, maybe. And oh, he, he found it. He yeah. Oh, yeah. He found it. it. That's right. That's right. And so the curator, the head guy, is like, oh, my God. Wow. Look, let me take this and, like, go over here and look at it. And he does set that map on fire post haste. He well, is it's not, a, it's a map he's not having it. Hominoptera. And mm-hmm. and this was one of the moments where I was like, nope, can't switch it off. Evie is like, I already dated the papyrus. It's 3,000 years old. And I was like, how? <laughs> how did you date it, Evie? What the fuck did you do back there to date it to 3,000 years old? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. And in 1928? What are we at? 26? Yeah, 19, yeah, 26, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's very funny. So now they have to go to a prison to meet long-haired Rick. Mm-hmm. Because he is a criminal man who is hot and he probably knows the way to Hominoptera. So they're trying to like break him out of this prison before he does get murdered to death. And he's being real cocky in that cell. And I loved every moment of it. And he's like, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where the city is. Come real, real close. And then as she comes close... Boy, does he take a kiss that she was not willing to give. <laughs> very non-expected. I'm like, you yeah. know, Evie's very naive and trusting. And yeah, I'll come closer to the cell with yeah. the prisoner in it. Absolutely. <laughs> so he does get hung. And I don't know, hanged. like 25 seconds. Oh, hanged. He gets hanged. Well, he is. Oh, yeah, well, you're yeah, right. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. hung. You're right. He was already but he gets hanged. But he gets hanged. <laughs> and while that's happening, Evie still has the presence of mind to negotiate with the warden over like his cut of the wealth. So instead of being like, no, just cut him down, just cut him down, she haggles while the man, I really oh. just respected that. And he's just like writhing on the rope. And yeah, it's like a big competence. Like I have a big competence crush on Evie, even though she is a disaster mm-hmm. in so many other ways. And this also gave me hope as a young a young girl <laughs> looking forward <laughs> to my adulthood. <laughs> Yeah, so, I think it gave, the movie in general gave me a lot of expectations of what my adult life would look like. Mm. And I never got to pull a gun on a mummy. Not one. I know, right? Hmm. There's on. time. Yeah, I mean, there is time. Absolutely. Considering where we are right now as a society, there's still time. You make an excellent point. We'll, not, we'll hold out hope. For now. <laughs> so now the uh, the warden of the prison is now in on the deal. Rick gets cut down, and now it's time to go swashbuckling. Oh, it's great stuff. So okay, they're going to get so on a they... boat, and Evie is yeah. talking shit about how not into Rick she is, and you oh. know he's uncouth, and he's this and that and the other thing, and he walks up behind her and is like, who are we talking about? And now he is like dapper Rick in his... 1920s colonialism outfit and (laughs) with like Uh boots and riding pants and he's got the hair and the holsters 
Yes. Oh, and those holsters. Very important. My actual note is she hates that filthy, rude, hold on haircut swoon. (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly what happened. Yes. (laughs) So they get on that boat and uh, the prison guard is there. The Magi are stalking the boat because they're like, oh, that's the guy who should have died in the desert three years ago thinking about Rick. Oh, we know he knows the way to Hominoptera. And we this is where we meet the gaggle of American cowboys. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Um, I love it when I get these classic representations of how America or how the rest of the world sees America America. and it's spot on. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, at least they did that right. Like, at least y'all had enough sense to make yourselves look like. And they kind of had they kind of still had Rick because Rick was technically still American. Yeah. But like they were still very much like the quintessential. Oh, yeah. American guys in Egypt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they bet 500 bucks that they can get there first. And she, like, is reading on the deck while he cleans all of his weapons in a really hot manner. So, like, they're both doing very hot things at the same time. And now Benny's there because Benny is... Oh, no, we have a romance moment. I'm so sorry. They start talking about the Book of Amun-Ra and she gets to be like a giddy scholar in front of him, which is really cute. And he's like, well, I mean, it's made of solid gold. And she goes, you know your history. And he goes, I know my treasure, which <laughs> sploosh. And then she asks why he kissed her in the prison. And he says, I was a dead man walking. Like, why wouldn't I? And that is not the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <even> close. <laughs> Like, if you couldn't read that, buddy, I can't help you. Like, come Honestly. on. Literally, she asked you a question. You had every every opportunity to be uh-huh. worthy. And what did you do? You told the truth. What is wrong yeah, with you? That's right. How dare you? Ugh. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, so now Benny's there because he's going to lead those um, American goslings to Hominoptera. And he throws Benny over. This was one of my favorite. My things. favorites too. Yeah. Oh, he very like, unceremoniously. He's fake laugh and he's like, <laughs> "Goodbye, Benny." <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what you should do. What what should have been done, he did it. So good for him. Yeah. Well, and RM now when the Magi attack the boat because they want to sink that shit, we get some really sexy like two handed shooting. Yeah, that's out it. of that's Rick. The moment that was the yeah. Because <laughs> there's like fire all around him, and he's just like bam, bam, bam. And we also oh, get Evie, uh, Evie stuffing that candle into the guy's eye. Like yeah, was just, that like, was hard. That's right. Yeah, she like didn't even think about it. Like she just. No. Picked it up and just was like, wham. That was, <laughs> that was it. I was like, girl, I would have at least hesitated for a second. <laughs> like, like, no, oh. you picked up a candle, like a whole candle, and put it in his eye. <laughs> Did not miss at all. No. It's like, that's hard to over your shoulder. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, roughly the same height as her. So I guess, like, she just was like, where's my eye? Okay. That's Yo, what yes. his eye is. So, it's good There's stuff. Two, you're going to hit one. <laughs> Yeah, like you're gonna hit something, right? Like enough. And I was like, it was really again quick thinking on her part. Wow, amazing. 
Yeah, it's like it's definitely a librarian's weapon, which Mm. I really liked. It's like that and like an envelope opener, I feel like, Mm. you know. Anyway, so, okay, so they're, like, abandoning the boat, and uh, how he does, okay, he jumps into that water with an entire, like, duffel bag <laughs> full of metal-ass weapons. But it floats like a fucking life floats. raft. It floats. <laughs> it floats. It's it was fine. Like, we, we, we're forgetting my favorite part, which is where the warden walks up to him. He's like, what do we do? And he's like, oh, yeah. wait here. I'm going to go get help. And then he just jumps. And the warden is standing there waiting for a second. And then he's like, oh, wait a second. And then he just jumps off to you. He's such it's a so shit talker. I love it. And then like the Americans are obviously still on the boat shooting. And Jonathan, I don't remember what they did, but Jonathan's like, Americans. And uh-huh. then two seconds later, they shoot the guy that's about to kill Jonathan. And then he's like, he picks up, he gets the little their little key map thing, mm-hmm. which he's right. from Nick. I mean, from Rick. So he's he grabs it, and then he's like, and did I panic? No. And then it, the boat explodes, <laughs> and he jumps off. Oh, Jonathan, you charming Brit. He's such a good character for just like bringing yeah. that levity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. So now we get one of my favorite exchanges in the movie because they've ended up on each side of this river. Mm -hmm. And Benny shouts over to Rick, hey, O'Connell, looks to me like I have all the horses. And then Rick shouts back, hey, Benny, looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river. (laughs) And it's the best. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then Evie gets to do some cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Evie has no clothes. She's in a nightgown. Yeah. So she is then clad in I don't fucking know what, but she looks pretty. Oh my god. She's got this this veil situation on her face that is it was one of the things that did weird things to my tiny pants. It's you know, very got, you know, much oh. giving Jasmine in a line. yes. Mm. Oh yes, Jasmine, but when she's the red Jasmine. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what got me is when she's riding the camel. It then becomes clear that she's got like some sort of situation where like her knees are bare and there's like knee high socks or something and then like bare knees and then you get and that visual just like destroys me i'm it's over (laughs) (laughs) there was a a lot of questions that whole ride but 100 percent, like i was like how did you look at her and not just fall (laughs) sideways off of your off your camel like i don't understand like how were you able to keep stride uh huh. Like, I mean, I feel like the only reason is because staying on the camel gets you to the same destination as her, and really, that's the goal. Like, I'll follow you anywhere, Red Jasmine Evie. I will follow you anywhere. Literally, and they had to because she won the bet. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get to Hamanoptera and they wait until the sun does a ricochet off of other things, and the city reveals itself, and then it's a race. And uh, Evie wins because she's so hot. Yes. She's Camel so hot. Was like, I'm smoking right now. Like yeah. 100% on fire. We have to go. That's right. And 
I feel like the camel was like, she's been so nice to me this whole trip. Everybody else fucking whips me to shit and she has been nice. I'm going to run real fast for her. Even the camel's trying to impress Evie. Like, he might have been low-key jealous of Rick making eyes at her because mm. as soon as Rick started making eyes at her, he took off. Like, this camel was gone. It's true. Absolutely it's gone. very true. Moving in <laughs> on my woman. She is riding me. She will not be riding you. Yeah, oh, he, yeah, get he, it, Jenny. He was, yep. I, he's like, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to put a stop oh to this gosh. right now immediately. Yep. So now... The work starts and there is a British misogynist who is leading like the learned section of the Americans game. You know, he's like, we got to look under this statue to find this thing. And um, he's the worst. So there are, God, there are so many cute little moments with Rick, like, almost hitting the warden with a rope and stuff as they're as they're digging through some things and rick goes and he steals her an archaeology nerd kit yes i did i did have that on my notes as well like that was height of romance truly height of romance because like and the way he gives it to her is so like yes like i brought you a thing like he's so proud of himself but he's trying to play it off real cool And not mention that he stole it from an American (laughs) or found it, repossessed it. I liberated it. And now we find out that the warden really hates bugs, which can only be described as (laughs) foreshadowing. So now they fight over the rights to the base of the statue Anubis. And the other group, like, wins. And Evie's like, guys fine just like come over here (laughs) we're we're gonna be we're gonna work smarter not harder (laughs) and then they go underneath and there is a moment when she makes really meaningful eye contact with rick that is very swoon worthy and oh my god and so that's the only thing that gets him like back down there and it's so cute Anyway, grabs his bicep. It was very, very important. Oh, yeah. I think I missed the bicep grab. She was definitely. Oh, I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> bicep and like squeezes it lightly, like his trigger hand bicep. And I was like, "Yeah, oh. I too would have dropped my gun." That's right. That's right. <laughs> and perhaps raised another, but that's neither here nor there, like <laughs> at all. Oh, and now some locals are melted. Because the Brit thinks that their lives don't matter, um, because colonialism, and especially like that guy is a dick. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, my exact notes is all caps. Fucking entitled white people. (laughs) So now she gets really like scholar sexy, and she explains mummification to Rick, and she is so exuberant about like talking about pulling the brain out through the nose. all the details and then the brother knocks the sarcophagus out of the ceiling Mm -hmm. which is really great the key fits and they find someone very naughty and the warden goes off to loot and boy does the foreshadowing come back to haunt him yeah this is the moment that i the one moment that stuck with me from the first time i apparently watched this movie (laughs) (laughs) i love it it's a very stickable moment i would say um very traumatizing once again like it was so 
Because he's like taking, you know, these jewels out of the, the wall and he's not caring what which one he's taking out. He's just grabbing them off the wall and putting them in his bag and one of them falls mm-hmm. out of his bag and cracks open. And the next thing we know, there's a, a whole scarab underneath his skin. And he's oh. staring at it and trying to get it out and running. And so and then it does eat his brain. Right. And then he runs straight into a wall and drops dead. And there is no mm-hmm. more warden. No more warden. Yeah. Warden's gone now. So now the boys wonder if the place is cursed. And she's like, what are you talking about? The supernatural isn't real. And now the Magi attack again, which like good form. You know, they really, they're, they've got a lot of reasons to keep attacking. Right. <laughs> they were actually the good guys the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Took half completely. the movie to get there, but they actually were the good guys. Yeah. And then Evie ki- straight up kills a guy. She does a murder in this scene, and it was hot. Ah, but the Magi then, somebody. like, leave and decide, like, no more bloodshed, but, like, you guys have a day to get the hell out of here. Yes. Or you're dead. Yeah. Or we're going to keep on attacking until you're dead. And now he picks Evie up and takes her by the chin and, like, checks her over. He's so concerned about her person. And then he, like, holds her by his side. And then Rick and Evie, they practice, like, hand-to-hand combat, which is really cute. And then Evie's drunk. And it's like an accidental drunk, you know? Like, she didn't set out to... This happened to me last night. I didn't set out (laughs) to have a wild night, okay? But then (laughs) suddenly I was drunk crocheting and things went off the rails. It certainly happened. (laughs) (laughs) Happens to the best of us, frankly. It's very much like an incidental. We're drinking to forget we just got attacked. Um, And then all of a sudden, like, oh... I can't hold my liquor. And she's uh-huh. like about to kiss Rick. And she has her library, oh her whole librarian speech. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am a librarian is one of the best words that have ever been said in any cinema in the she's world. She's very proud of it. And she should be. Yeah. She's yes. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Now. He finds out that like her dad was an explorer and her mother was Egyptian. And it's great. And then she's she comes super close to kissing him, and then she passes out onto his dick, which I didn't hate, and I don't think he did either, really. <laughs> At the end of the day. The like, he still kissed the air and was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another time, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Brain check. Okay, so now the next morning, the Americans get the Book of the Dead out of the base of Anubis. And the curse says that, like, whatever opens the chest will get eaten and used by this resurrected dead man to make the whole, like, thing a plague upon the earth. It's serious. They say it in a much better way, though. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then Benny runs off and is like, I don't want to be on that list. And yeah. Benny's very smart in this moment. Open it anyway. They find the Book of the Dead and the canopic jars that had, I guess, it's the mummy's organs in them. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was not smart. But I feel that way pretty much every time somebody excavates a tomb. Where I'm like, do we need to? Like, should we? 
I know you can. Yeah. I know there's cool stuff in there, but like, should you? I want to be hundreds of miles away from that, if I'm being honest. But it's like there's cool like... stuff in my next door neighbor's house, too, and I'm not going to go in there. So Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so long story short, they do wake up that that mummy, okay? And he is snarling, and he's looking for his replacement organs, okay? Juicy. He is squishing all over the place. Whew. It's serious. And so he attacks a couple of the Americans. He does, like, he takes one of the guy's tongues and his, his eye. eyeballs. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. And so he gets used. Boy. Like, I don't know. I feel like it would have been much more efficient to just, like, take all of his organs. But listen, curses are mysterious. Okay, so now our crew is in the crypt and some scarabs start coming out of the sand because everything is disturbed, like everything. So Evie then falls through a wall and it's crazy. And then he sees Evie and he's like, Anaxuna Moon, my love. And boy, are the Magi pissed. Like... They they worked so hard to make this not happen. Ugh. But also like started it in the first place, motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> and I wonder if like the curse works that way because it's kind of that it's kind of like that catch twenty two that those curses always have, where it's like you can do this to somebody, but please understand if you do it to somebody, you better have a very good reason and Ooh, a very yeah. good plan in place. Mm. But it's still like, mm, was it worth it then? Shouldn't y'all have just yeah. killed him and let it ha- like let it lay? You know what I mean? Like, mm. just oh, totally. Kill regularly. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, just do it the normal it. way. It's or just like do way. a normal torture and then kill him. Right. You know, just a I pedestrian mean, torture. Because the rest <laughs> of his priests were eaten alive, like they got buried alive. But y'all did this ancient curse on him, and you were mm-hmm. like, you know what? In three thousand years, our ancestors can deal with it. And so now the mummy finds Benny. And Benny's trying to take out all of his religious artifacts to be like, what is going to repel you? The answer is nothing. Oh, no. The Star oh, wait, of wait, David wait. works. Wait, wait. I Because I, I wanted to talk about when he when yeah. Rick finds Evie and he, he runs and he sees her. Yeah. And then he's like, where were you? What were you doing? And then he turns around and the mummy's there and the mummy yeah. roars at him. <gasps> And what does this chaotic motherfucker do? <laughs> he roars back and shoots oh. him with a shotgun. So he's convinced that he killed the mummy, which we all know is not the case. But he was like, I got him. Don't worry. Yeah, don't I worry, guys. Him. Like I rolled him <laughs> in the face. I showed him who the boss was. And then I shot him point blank. <laughs> RM, he gave him a taste of his own medicine. Okay. <laughs> he did. He stood his ground. I'm very proud of him. But, but nonetheless. Yeah. And now the mummy offers Benny a job and he pulls out a bunch of gold. I covered this in the Heaving Bosoms episode, but like from where? That's where? Where is the, what orifice did that mummy pull that gold from? It's my only question. It's fine. It's fine. It's an anus pocket. I'm sure of it. (laughs) All right. Benny takes the job and everyone else bounces. They're gone. So now we get, oh, God, this is the packing and unpacking scene. Ooh, it's so cute. Very domestic. Oh, it's so cute. Rick's trying to pack Evie up so that he can send her away. Mm. And she's arguing with him about leaving and unpacking herself. And they keep on going back and forth. And it's super adorbs. 
She's like, this is our fault. Like, we have to fix this. Yeah, I have to fix it. Do you read ancient Egyptian? No. (laughs) I do. I'm competent as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there. I'm going to snap at some point. I love it. I've held it back so far, but I have my limits. (laughs) I cannot wait. Ancient Egyptian? You what? Was it the ancient Egyptian? I just want to know who snapped where, because I snapped when... Emotep started speaking ancient Egyptian, but I mean, I snapped long before that at the very notion of like reading ancient Egyptian because oh, yeah. it's okay, yeah, that's fair. you're sort of like in- interpreting it, and then this like idea that you can read it the way that you would read a book, modern mm-hmm. languages, and like have a concrete understanding of it when actual mm-hmm. translation of ancient languages is like the most brutally fucking frustrating thing you <laughs> can possibly imagine because like. You maybe get a word or a name or something where you're like fairly sure what's going on. And then you get to the next word and there's like seven different usages. And depending Uh on like which commentary you follow, the past usage. So you get to this place where, oh, God, I saw the most classic meme on it where it's like you're translating and you're like the man who. And it's like he might be talking about his dick or he might be talking (laughs) about a sheep he's selling or possibly a temple. Dick joke question mark dick temple question mark like it's (laughs) just this like you never really get to a concrete understanding and half the time there's like idioms that don't completely make sense like the same way we talk where if you tried to translate it literally down the road you would be like what the fuck are you like what the fuck are you talking about you would be like fuck all right that's to have sex so what the having (laughs) sex are you like, what does this mean? So it's so these these scenes where they're like, hurry, hurry, read it, translate it. And you're like, that's that's not a thing. That's not <laughs> this is the nightmare you have as a student of ancient languages, like that nightmare that wakes you up in a cold sweat where like you're being expected oh. to translate on demand or like you have to perform. You have to save the world by performing this translation <laughs> that is literally impossible to do. Like, Ironically, I was breaking out in hives watching it. Like, I would have that nightmare, but being the, like, the first generation in my Mexican family not to speak Spanish, I always have that fear that one day I'm going to have to translate to save somebody's life. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. No, no. You're (laughs) fucked. (laughs) And that's, yeah, in so many of those scenes, I was like, yeah, I would have just been like, I can throw the book at them. Like, that's about as much as I can give you. (laughs) Very heavy book. I just, I think that would have been good too but it was definitely like like not only having them translated from like ancient egyptian to whatever modern thing they were doing and then hearing them say it out loud with no accent oh yeah <laughs> the whitest thing oh, yeah. like saying and i'm like he's a three thousand year old priest did y'all have him talking <laughs> like this like you couldn't get like a like a like a you know like a Darth Vader voiceover. <laughs> but at the oh same time, gosh. you just lean into it because it's right. part of the bonkers, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'm yeah, a, okay. I am along for the ride. I buy into this story enough that like I accept that this is banana balls, and I don't care." Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen, we gotta we gotta combine yeah. some things. Yeah. 
So there's a bunch of plagues and stuff. Emotep is trying to kidnap Evie, but then a cat does run alongside that was him and fucking yeeps. hilarious. <laughs> the cat was ready to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then we find out that the curator, the one who burnt the map to Hominoptera, is pals with Ardith, the super hot Magi. <sighs> and uh, uh, she finds out that the reason, like, one, the reason that the mummy wants her is like she's hot as fuck. But the but the biggest reason is because he does want to sacrifice her to resurrect an Moon. So she really does have to be a little bit careful around him, you know. He's draining Americans one at a time. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. And getting He's just sucking them dry. Progressively hotter, but still with scary mouth and mm. I don't that hate it. That was a good mouth. It was a, a good, good mouth. One. I had to text I would let that Melody mouth this get afternoon on of me. and be like, is the mummy supposed to be hot? Question mark. I am confused. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, you can't tell me that I will destroy humanity to resurrect you and be reunited is not fucking romantic. That's a romance. I will burn That's... the world down for you. Like, yes. okay, it's psycho, but it's also very romantic. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, true. again, y'all gave him these powers. Like, if you didn't want him to use them, you should have just killed him regularly. Like, he yeah. was going to do That's it. That's right. You knew he That's was right. going to do it. Okay. So now there's, like, a chase, and it's incredible. He keeps on just grabbing up those Americans and taking their organs out of them. And now, oh, Oh, God, the mummy belches weaponized flies. That's my highlight from this scene. He's just like, I think Bleh. I just let that one go. I was just like, yeah. Okay. So now he's in Evie's room. He enters it as sand, which was a power I did not know he had until right now. That's right through her keyhole. I mean, oh. the keyhole to the door, not. <laughs> but Because mean... we don't really want sand in her keyhole. Right, exactly. But... <laughs> well. I don't know. It's going to uh, morph into a hot mummy. <laughs> as long as he gets feel... it all out. When he yeah. gets it all out, that's different. <laughs> um, okay. And so now he, like, looms over her sleeping body, and he tries to, like, kiss her to death, mm -hmm. right? It's like a really ominous kiss. But Rick comes in, and he's got his trusty feline. It's great. Who yeah, needs that a cat, steed? Again, the cat was like... <sighs> Like, oh, he was yeah. ready to go. Like, he was uh -huh. like, I got this. Don't worry, y'all. Mm-hmm. All right. So Rick asks Evie if she's all right. And Jonathan answers, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I think so. I'm all right. <laughs> I love Jonathan. <laughs> okay. So now they rendezvous with the Magi and the curator. And they're like, we got to get the gold book to kill him. But we did like talk that. about we did talk about Rick throwing her over his shoulder, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was waiting <gasps> oh, for, and I'm I was like, so "Oh no, sorry. she's just passed it," and this is yeah, like, oh, no. yeah, yeah. like they're oh, no. arguing to go save the Egyptologist, which I wouldn't have gone either. That's right. I'd have let him. No, go. that massage that's that colonizing misogynist can fuck off. But Rick was obviously of the mind that I we're gonna go save him, so fine. He's like, you three. Americans come with me, Evie, you stay here. And obviously the Americans are like, I'm not fucking going. And Jonathan's like, I'm not fucking going. And then Evie's like, I'm not fucking staying. So then yeah. he basically throws her over his shoulder, takes her <sighs> into the room, locks her into the room, 
tells the Americans she doesn't leave. Nobody comes in here. And then he's like, that's why he goes through trouble. the keyhole. Yes. Ugh, the, yeah. After, we, after he oh, sucks the last yeah, we little. Got that out of order. But like, holy Prince fuck. Charming looking from Shrek. It's the American. So that American. Um, but just yes. like chocks her over his shoulder, throws her on the bed, shuts the doors and is like, oh intimidates God, the guy shut. to be like, she doesn't leave. And oh, it, it was nice. And like, I wish they'd had a little bit more time to play with that a little bit. <laughs> Don't worry, there is so Again, much fanfic. Yes, very. It was a very formative scene as well. Like it was very mm-hmm. because it was just so he just didn't even think about it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Different. so good. Okay, so now Emotep turns a big crowd into into their his like zombies. Mm-hmm. And they're shout, they're going emotep, and it's oddly soothing. I know that's weird about <laughs> no, me right. personally. No, no, you're right. You're right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. And so now she's like trying to figure out like how to beat the zombies with some scholarship, and then the, like one of the last American guys gets like pulled out of the car by the zombies and stuff. Like they're dropping like flies. And now the horde corners them and he says, come with me if you want your friends to live. And she's like, yup, absolutely. That's definitely what has to happen. And Rick's like, no, he's doing like a slow motion, hot situation in my mind. And then afterwards, he's like, kill them. And so the zombies are going to kill them anyway. And boy, Evie's mad. Evie's like, we struck a bargain? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't understand. Where is your integrity, sir? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So they like, okay, Rick lifts a train cover question mark. Not going to question that. It's fine. I was like, where was it? 10 minutes ago or whatever, whatever y'all got there. <laughs> just pick it up <laughs> alas and they all go but the curator the museum curator like def- holds the ground to let them get out and yeah. he gets killed and by the he mob. gets got and i'm sorry yeah. i never would have done that not for anybody i would have been like no no you better hurry up and get down there i'm not <laughs> staying up here with them what are you doing? <laughs> no he's that. a magi He's got to oh, make right, sure you're right. You're that right. the heroes get their hero pants to Hominoptera, you know? Good for him. I know, right? Okay, so now we get to meet the suicidal washed up British pilot. Mm-hmm. Who Which I again... find, found oddly charming. So now Benny and Evie are majestically riding a sandstorm. Okay. I mean, competence porn. Yes, yes. Honestly, the way that they dismount (laughs) that sandstorm, really, the sandstorm spits them out. It's fine. But then Emotep, the sandstorm, does start attacking that plane. And then it does a big kaboom. But everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And, like, they go to Hominoptera or something. Did I miss any details? (laughs) She kisses the mummy to save them. Oh, yes. 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 Go back. We got a real. We got a real. We got to go back. Rewind. See, this because is what happens when I try it. to condense. Yeah, like oh. she's watching it happen, and she's like, "What the fuck do I do?" Because he's concentrating on this big ass sand tsunami attacking mm. their plane, and she's like, "What?" And the only thing she can think of is to go up to him and just kiss him, and obviously his full attention just turns 
on the drop. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, And the sand. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Because all the sand went to his boner. Like, that's what happened physiologically. (laughs) Remapped all of that. Again, (laughs) buddy, I understand. There's nothing wrong with what you did. (laughs) Understand completely. So. Also, I forgot that in this moment, he is wearing only a loincloth and like yeah. a ragged cape. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> Why? But I'm, I'm cool. I, I don't yeah, need I'm it. Like, I'm cool. Did you just grab that on the way out? Like, what are you? Yeah. I'm not going to argue about it. <laughs> like, do you need less clothes when you turn into sand? Like, how does that, how does that help? You guys like a werewolf like, situation? Diaper. It's okay. <laughs> he just grabbed what he could and did what he could with it. Like I get it, you're from you know you're not you're new here, but I think somebody <laughs> could have told you, Benny, what pants were. Like he's standing right next to you, literally right next to you. You couldn't just ask him what he wearing. Again, fucking Russians. <laughs> All right, and so then she does tell Benny, nasty little fellows like him always get their comeuppance, uh-huh. and it's it's like proper and sexy. Yeah. Every like, time I really talked. wanted her to dress me down in <sighs> ways that I didn't understand when I first saw it. Okay. Yeah. Now, they get into that crypt. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're following the mummy because they think they went and it's like gone. But they're not. They're still being heroes. And so they go into that crypt. And <laughs> Jonathan picks some scarab art from the wall and he does get tunneled. Yes, that yes. scarab... So we had to see some surgical removal by Rick. Yeah, yeah. That was hot. Dams his dagger into his shoulder and flicks it out. And then, again, what does this crazy motherfucker do? (laughs) And lets the whole world know he's there. He was like, boom, it's one bug, sir. It is one bug. That's that's our Rick, man. Rick can't stop, won't stop. Never. He just loves pulling that gun out and just whatever whatever's there. Just let's do it. And it's we are true. not sad. No. No, not at all. I'm not. I regret nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's that it's that pistol pull. I don't know what it is. I the way know. his 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 hand goes, I have no idea. There's. Something about it. I just it's don't swaggery know. in a way that not everyone can pull off. Yes. Like he's just so loose about it, you know? Ooh, it's hot. Okay. So now Emotep is like, there's been a kerfuffle. <laughs> I have to wake up all of my zombie priests. So he does a magic spell and they're ready to kick some ass. They've got like scythes and they're marching in formations and shit. Oh boy. Well, so he wakes up the he wakes up the regular looking mummies. Oh, because Jonathan wakes up the big ones when he reads the book. Oh, yeah. Remember, so like so, Imhotep does his sand thing. Yeah. Loves his sand. Uh-huh. Uh, so he wakes up. He wakes up like the junior, the junior varsity team. <laughs> like the, the priests versus the warriors. Right. Like definitely like, the priests. They were completely were fucking first. useless when he needed them when he was alive. Oh, yeah. Like they all just kind of huddled. Like, uh, what do we do? <laughs> and they, they kept that up in, when they were brought back to life, one hundred percent. Is so Evie chained like, to the table yet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's absolutely chained to a table. Yes. A waste. But I digress. Because the imagery of chaining somebody with their arms above their head to a table 
it it just hits my lizard every, brain yeah, and it always time. has and there's nothing I can do about it and mm-hmm. I'm just into it and yeah it's like a zap right to your lizard brain and I it get was it. also it was also Evie like it was also Evie like oof Oh, Evie. Like, you want to save her, but you also want her to stay right there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like you want to save her, tough. but keep her on the table. Like, that's yes. it. Like, you just want to remove the danger from the table. That's it. That's it. And then I would like to replace the danger. I will be the danger. Right. Yes. I would love to be your danger, <laughs> yeah, Evie. Yeah, we state the danger in a different... We have a different focus now. Um, Evie, so let me be your danger, girl. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Still getting penetrated, just not with a dagger to the heart. Yes. That's it. Yes. That's way it. better. That's all. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> all right. So now they like find a treasure room. It doesn't matter, except that that's where Benny does get his aforementioned comeuppance. Um, and now, boy, the, she is strapped down next to a dead lady, which did mess with my sexy times a touch, but I rallied, you know? Not mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Solidarity. I was like, not mine at all. I was like, bring her to life right now. What are y'all doing? We're wasting time. And that's it's what true. Was like emo tap. Like you had both of them on the table, and you were just like, "I'm gonna kill the librarian." Absolutely not. You better Sir. make this work. <laughs> make it work. <laughs> Wait, waste. Okay, so now they find like a statue of Horus, and uh, I think that's like a clue to something. What? It's what, where what the Book of Amun Ra is supposed to be. That's so now he gets the gold book out and the. The hot black clad guy has to like sacrifice Artic. himself yes. in order oh. to get to save Rick and Jonathan. Yeah. But then, thank Rick goodness that like, was a red herring. Yeah. Re- well, I was devastated. I was like, yeah. you couldn't have like backed up and had him throw the dynamite. <laughs> like, what? That was like, a waste. Yeah. the first time. So it's like, you could have done that the second time. Mm-hmm. And I get it, like you're all about being sacrificial and whatnot, but like it didn't have to happen that way. Like it didn't. No. So, but he does no. survive, so she it's okay. Survive. It's fine. Yeah. He probably has like a scar that only makes him sexier. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Good stuff. Meanwhile, Benny is like dragging boatloads of gold out to the camels just while all this is happening. All right. So now they. <laughs> what? My note is water spirit enter ASA, and just as he go to stab Evie, this makes sense. This Jonathan enters with the gold book. What did I mean by that, friends? I think the water spirit was an Exudamoon spirit. The, okay, when she comes yeah. out of the water. Okay, so she's going back into the body. And then Jonathan runs in with the book and starts reading, and the warriors come to life. But instead of attacking the mummy, mm-hmm. they attack Jonathan. And, well, the mummy goes after Jonathan. So Imhotep runs after Jonathan. And then the warriors go after Rick. And then Evie was like, finish the inscription so that you can, you can. Uh, Command the yeah. brosifs. Yeah. While Rick is trying to get her off the table, which he kind of does, but still gets snatched up by a mummy arm. So she's like yeah. one at one leg in the 
in the not the stirrups, but the, the body. <laughs> I know what was going on in your head. That got quite medical, RM. <laughs> I like it. You know what I meant, though. You know what I meant. Yeah, we do. <laughs> the shackles. Yeah, she was still shackled to the. Table. But if you've got stirrup fanfic of this scene, I'm uh, <laughs> here for it. <laughs> so now there's a big fight scene. And then Jonathan completes the inscription just in time and they and orders them to like destroy everybody. Emotep is super mad. Um, that's what they go after. Yeah, they go to destroy Anaxunamun's now resurrected corpse. Right. right? She's yeah. fighting Evie at that time. Yes. And Evie's running around, and as she's trying to get away from Anaxudamun, is also helping Jonathan with this inscription. Yeah. Like, being choked out and still able competent. to talk, so I know that she's kinky. Like, if you're yeah. getting choked out and can still talk <laughs> and think and get the inscription out, girl. Girl. <laughs> like, she's just checking, add it to the tally. Checking qualifications. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. What a dummy I am. I guess like it's one of those things where you have to watch it multiple times to catch it all. Yeah. But definitely at this big age, I'm like, yeah, that was hot. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, without question, it was hot. Yeah. And so now my note is Emotep is just kicking ass and taking names in that tiny ancient set of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and those are bands. <laughs> How did it not just disintegrate? Like, how it's did that be not It's got to be because there's no way he didn't poop his pants when he was being <laughs> eaten alive. And he had to have. He had to have. <laughs> okay, so now Evie finds the spell, and it's two phrases, which I feel like it should be more complicated. And now the underworld chariot comes out of the waters, and it takes his spirit and Rick super stabs the body part of him, and he dies immortal. in a pool of souls. Mm -hmm. It's very poetic, mm -hmm. really. But as he goes down, he says, death is only the beginning. Oh, talk about th these two with their final word mic drops. Yeah. Like, they are the final word couple. <laughs> okay. So now Benny's tired. You know, because he has been dragging that treasure still. <laughs> so many treasures is he dragging. And he accidentally hangs his bag full of gold on the temple's, like, self-destruct lever. And so now shit's going down. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Everything's crumbling. And they, they have to really do really good at engineering. <laughs> They're so good. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I just um, love and that then, the, like it's always you're like at the end of your journey, like I'm about to get out of here with all this treasure. And you know what my dumb ass is gonna do? Hang <laughs> something on a lever. That's what oh, I'm yeah. gonna do. That's Pull the smartest thing I can do right now. Yeah, it's inevitable, really. <laughs> so Jonathan drops the book into the pool so that the modern world will never encounter it. He's he very pops. sad about the treasure. And like, then, Jonathan, you lost the book. I can't believe you dropped the book, like, oh standing God, there. Evie is so cute. So, Jonathan, I mean, Rick has to run back and be like, let's go. What the mm -hmm. fuck are you doing? 
Yeah, I would like to dick you down in the future. You do have to be out of this tomb for that to happen, ma'am. <laughs> I saw you on that table. It was hot. <laughs> it gave me ideas for future times. <sighs> so he tries to help Benny out and Benny doesn't make it. Benny gets his comeuppance is mm -hmm. what happens. And oh, and the scarabs are in there. Ooh, he gets trapped in that gold tomb with all the scarabs. And yep. so this is when we find out that Ardeth, Magi Leader, is alive. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Thank everything that's good in this universe. And then he says that they've earned his respect, which is praise I didn't know would work on me. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves. Yeah, in romance terms, he might as well have just purred good girl. Right, like, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, completely. That is a three-way that, like, I feel like does happen in between movies. Absolutely. It has to, right? Absolutely. Before yeah. they have a kid, 100%. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. So then Jonathan's like, we're going home empty-handed, and Rick and Evie are on the same camel, and they're like, I wouldn't say that, and they do a smooch mm -hmm. into the sunset, and it was magical. It was Jonathan the best tries thing ever. to kiss the camel, but it doesn't work out, so. Aww, I know. for him. Also, Rick and Evie's camel is laden with Benny treasure. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's... So, it was fucking excellent. Ah, Jenny, I am so glad that you have finally been ushered into the Brendan Fraser is incredibly hot camp. Man. Feels good, I doesn't like I've it? I've ever done such a 180 from like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have a beer with him and like he seems like a really nice guy. I would want him to like date my friends, but like he gives me no pants feelings to like, <gasps> it was a ride. I, yeah 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 what a good choice rm why what do i have what who do i have to sacrifice to to bring back the like suspenders. boots and suspenders and fitted pants like oh boy tell and, like, me what ancient like, evil i have to reawaken i'll do it to get my way because like and, i i wore suspenders to prom for this mm. reason, like I was super excited. Suspenders make you feel so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely, it was very gender reaffirming to wear suspenders to prom. Oh, I, cool. like, I was like, yeah, this is this is good. This is really good. Let's bring all that back. You know? Yeah. That's it. Just the clothing. That's it. Yeah, Jenny, yeah. you've worn you've worn suspenders before, but they were tape, right? <laughs> you shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> You had those sexy tape suspenders, Jenny. Want to I did. About I that? was, in fact, I will put the damn picture in the show notes because I, I have love that. no shame. No, yeah, I, I was I going out in Vegas you. and I had the cutest latex skirt, latex like a latex skirt. mini skirt, and nothing so I had cute. with me went with it. Like it, I tried a bra, I tried a corset, I tried a waist cincher, and it just oh, like detracted from worked. the skirt. So, one of the. <laughs> Women who was there with me was like, I've got it. And she had bondage yes. tape in her bag. So she took bondage tape and and I had the hots for her and had been like Ooh. building up to. And this was like the romance night. This was the night that like we tipped over, but we hadn't actually crossed that line yet. So yeah, there's yeah, this yeah, moment yeah, where yeah. she is 
putting bondage tape like over my nipples and yep. creating suspenders for me for the night. Perfect. Yeah, I don't think I would have said mm-hmm. no to that either. And that we did right. end the night possibly on drugs in a bathtub and <laughs> <laughs> It really just worked out. I should probably cut that. It's in my memoir. I've, it's canon. Didn't y'all say this last time on the episode? No drugs in the bathtub, Jenny. No yeah. drugs oh, in the bathtub. Oh, we did chat about that. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, drugs I was are dangerous very in the bathtub. supervised. There was at least six other people in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we need some aftercare. Fuck. Okay. okay. I'll go first. Jenny, this was not necessarily a great movie to make out to, but I can tell you a movie that is oddly good to make out to, Ooh. and that is the classic film Signs. <laughs> okay? <laughs> <laughs> My very first prom, okay, (laughs) we we did uh, adjourn back to his place, and it was my very first kiss. I had my very first, like, serious makeout with the movie Signs as my soundtrack, and it was lovely. (laughs) I don't even know what movie that is. I have to look it up. Here's my issue. You only have one, (laughs) Aurel? Oh, is this the Mel Gibson, like, Children of the Corn movie? Yeah, I didn't know he was an anti-Semite at that point, you know? (laughs) None of us did. It's fine. Okay, I did finish. I think I may... I've mentioned it before, but not for aftercare, I don't think. And I finished uh, Three Simple Rules by Nikki Sloan. It's the first in her Blindfold Club series. And it was delicious and classic Nikki Sloan where she's writing it and you're like... Is this allowed? Like, who gave you permission to make a sex club where you get blindfolded and tied down and they get to pay to come and have sex with you and you don't see them and your boss has come in and is the one who's having sex with you and he's really good and you're super into it. It was nice. Who gave somebody, who gave her that specific permission, you know? Oh, I love her so much. No, yeah. Very fun. It's a good one. Yeah. You have a mummy retelling coming at some point. Or yeah. a, I'm calling it a mummy retelling. I don't know if you're calling it that. Yeah. I mean, it's loosely based, I guess, for copyright reasons. The first book would be like the prequel between Emotep and Arakusuna Moon. Ooh, hot. Uh-huh. A lot more magic, a lot more black people. Um, excellent. People. Excellent. Seti the first is actually not the 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 pharaoh that I went with. I went for a little bit of a a little bit more of a throwback controversy, which is the heretic pharaoh. So that felt a little bit easier for me to go for because he obviously was trying to like change and swap out all the gods of Egypt or yeah yeah yeah. So it was yeah. very much like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? monotheistic <laughs> bastard get out of here yeah, so, so like our imagery definitely it was like you're taking all of our statues and temples and what come yeah. on like and now obviously he has a reason to be killed beyond your like that smart you know, right so it was a little i because i was like 
she has to be black too though so i'm like i don't want to give you no reason to kill him right <laughs> Make a good reason. but then yeah so the second book would be obviously for the monster fuckers it's the mummy in mummy yeah. form and for the monster like, fuckers uh, as though we're not sitting right here right <laughs> as if you're not talking to right. my face like rm yeah so <laughs> I, I just wanted, I needed the book where he was in mummy form because I was like, mm. I can't yeah. live without that. Like, this is very important to me. And then you obviously get, like, the Rick. It's kind of like Rick and Artist put together type character. Whoa. He's like the Magi that didn't understand why they were so... For, like, keeping this creature, what the fuck is wrong with this creature? You never tell us anything. Why am I wasting my life guarding this desert? Hmm. Got um, it. So they kick him out. So he's now, like, a disbanded or exiled <gasps> magi who has gone on his own and is doing his own thing and trying to, like, protect stuff. And the whole the whole basis of it between Evie being the... She's still like the librarian archivist who kind of Love archives it. and catalogs stolen artifacts instead of just oh, regular Ooh. artifacts. And so the overarching thing, apart from him trying to get back all of his his jars and Anaxunamun's jars, we're trying to get back all of these stolen artifacts from the British Museum and other awesome. museums. And it's basically just like a, a reverse heist, a reverse Indiana Jones, if you will. Nice. Where we're just taking Into everything it. back and giving it back to, putting it back where it belongs. Oh, I love that. Repatriating so, um, it, yes. Yeah, so it's basically right now I have three books, but like depending on how that goes, we could extend it and make it just Rick and Eevee type characters series, obviously. Nice. I mean, my email address is right there <laughs> if you need a beta reader. I am yep. qualified well, as an archaeologist. <laughs> Benny, I will let you do that. I, I would be delighted and honored and deeply pleased <laughs> to receive it in my inbox. <laughs> yes, I, will, I would never deny you that for the monster fuckers too. I think it's, I think it's only fair. Aww. <laughs> But yeah, it's absolutely something I'm really excited about. Well, and before that, you have the next book in the yeah, in yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing Me to oh, Why Am I Losing the Name? Sing Me to Sleep, but there's a series name. Sleep, yeah. Uh, yeah, series the series of name. Sacrilegious Events. Mm. Yeah, yes. there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that the first book for that will be hopefully out this summer. And we it's basically the seven deadly sins is what the main series is based on. So it's the seven oh. deadly sins. Seven heavenly virtues, but there's obviously a lot of legions of demons like Atron, and then there's also witches. There's you know this huge world of you know these three realms leveled on top of each other, and like there's all these creatures and overlap and overcross, and so it takes place in in a very fictional Vegas. It's still Vegas because you know but like greed owns a casino and lust owns a strip club and or mm. sex club and uh you know they've all got like gluttony owns a brewery and a winery like he ha you know they have all these nice adventures that kind of go with what they represent or who they're thought to be but there will be uh, on the the main seven books there will be companion novels so like Zaphin Atron's friend will get a mm -hmm. companion novel and then 
there's another spinoff series for the witches. So the witches that were taking care of him in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they will also get a look at them on Earth. And a lot of their business is, well, I work for the demons during the day. But during the nighttime, we kind of have our own little sex club thing going on. And, and you get to, you know... Come in, and if you want to fuck monsters or whatever the fuck you want to do, you can come and do, do it. Like we, yeah, 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 just yeah. to unwind, you know, just like a little, a little thing you can do after work to unwind and and chill out and whatever. Like you know, there's a lot of freedom here, so that'll be that'll be the other leg of dab. We are really excited to see where you go next, and yeah, we're here for it. So, yep, we will be pre-ordering everything. All right, where can they find you online? So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at rmvirtues. And then also rmvirtues.com. You can sign up for my newsletter to keep in the loop of everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And then also you can find me on Patreon at rmvirtues. And there I have a lot of bonus content. I did a super su- fun, sexy flashback of Green and Charity to get ready for the new thing nice. and i also did atron and penelope where atron meets her sister for the first time so they go to dinner there's a little moment with zaffin because he's out of the hospital now and then she obviously rewards him for making such a good impression at ah. dinner. so there's that and then obviously there's a lot of bonus content for the gods of hunger series excerpts nice. updates just all the stuff that i can't put anywhere else so that yeah there Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a joy and a treat and a delight. Thank you you for finally making me watch it. Yes, I was about to say, if you want to go back for Mummy 2, I will absolutely come back if I have to. Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Because I want to hear all about Jenny watching this reincarnation <laughs> thing oh my god she'll like, lose her fucking mind yeah. i feel like at the very least this is a bonus episode yeah oh yeah this should be a bonus episode thank you for listening next week we're joined by one of our favorite book talkers We recap Love and Monsters by Raven Flanagan with Bookish Hill. So check out her book talk for tons of bonkers wrecks and other wrecks, but like we know why you're there. (laughs) And if you like the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to get to 500 reviews by the end of 2022. And if we do get there, Jenny and I are scheming some some nutso shit. So, you know, you want it. If you are curious about other ways to support the show, you can check out our Patreon equivalent, The Temple of Defiant Joy, on our website, bonkersromance.com temple. It's linked in the show notes as well. And when you join, you get the final episode of each month, videos of the regular episode, <laughs> because sometimes there are hand gestures you just can't miss. And facial expressions, am I right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the tiers include our Bonkers Romance book club and so much more for as little as $5 a month. You can find us everywhere on social media. We're at Bonkers Romance. Now go enjoy your next Bonkers read. And remember, if a reanimated mummy still has a hole in the side of his face, but wants to kiss you, like, try it? (laughs) 